Hey guys, welcome back to the Creating with Impact podcast. I just wanted to kind of apologize and also thank you guys for your patience um, getting into this next episode. It has been a roller coaster of a week and a half. <laughs> um, so, also, I just want to say if anyone is struggling with grief or depression or anxiety or anything like that, get a dog because they are probably the best just creatures ever. <laughs> I love them so much. Um, our dog has really helped out the last <laughs> the last few weeks. And of course she always does, but it's so nice to have some something there that is going to come up and just comfort you and love you no matter what. And it's so awesome. Um, cause especially as people, you know, we have to go to work, we have all these other obligations and they basically just unconditionally love us. It's pretty awesome. And if you're not a dog person, honestly, I've had some cats that do that kind of thing too. Um, it's just, having something else living in the house is amazing. <laughs> um, but anyway, with that being said, uh, just wanted to thank you guys again for coming back and listening to the podcast and for being patient with that little break <laughs> that I had, um, at least from the podcast. Um, but anyway, we're going to be talking about mental health in the workplace today. So I know for a lot of us multi-passionate people that are, you know, always wanting to create things or um, play music or paint or write or like any of those kind of creative paths, a lot of us are still going to have day jobs. So it's really important that we kind of learn how to manage our mental health and our schedule and our time in a way that we can still show up for those day jobs, but also show up for ourselves at the same time. Because both are important. And for a lot of us that have day jobs, we have them in order to help pay the bills, which is unfortunately just a thing that we have to do. <laughs> um, well, I guess we don't technically have to, but you know, it does make life a little bit easier if we do pay our bills. So um, just a quick warning. So this episode does talk about depression, like a lot of the other ones, but this one will also go through some symptoms of depression, which includes uh, thoughts of death or suicide. So if any of that is something that you feel like is going to uh, trigger you in a way, then please feel free to skip through this episode um, or just skip the episode altogether. I'm not going to take it personally. Uh, quick note, if you do have these thoughts, please, please, please reach out to a crisis text line at 741-741 or you can call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. So both are available 24-7, and you don't need insurance or you don't need to pay for them. They're totally free. 
So please, please, please reach out to those. And with that being said, we'll go ahead and get into today's episode. Here on the Creating with Impact podcast, we focus on all things related to being a multi-passionate creative, along with the focus on mental health that can and should come along with that. We'll explore what it means to us to live happy, healthy lives when our creative minds encounter chaotic obstacles and how to find your rhythm when life throws you off balance. I'll give you some tips and tricks that I learned from my own experiences and talk with people from all over to find out what helped them find their purpose and passion and to find their own kind of success and happiness in their lives. Together, we can make a happier, healthier, more creative world. So depression ranks among the top three workplace problems for employee assistance professionals following only family crisis and stress. So that's the main kind of issue in the workplace, which is kind of crazy to think about, thinking about all the, all of the things that can come up. Um, I wanted to start out with a couple of statistics just to kind of illustrate how important it is to be talking about this and to not only bring up that it's important to talk about, but to keep talking about it, um, especially and even in the workplace, because normalizing, discussing mental health is going to help bring about positive change with it. And I know that some workplaces are a little bit more supportive than others, but nothing is going to change if we never talk about what we're struggling with or if we don't ask for help when we need it, which can definitely be super, super difficult. But it's really important to do not just to get help, but in order to make it eventually easier for other people to get help too. Um, And I know that can kind of put some pressure on asking for help, which is definitely not what I want to do, but it's just to illustrate the importance of doing so because, like I was saying, it not only is going to help you, um, but it's going to make it easier, especially with time and especially as more people start talking about this um, in order for other people to be able to get the help that they need and to not make it so difficult for everyone to get um, support. So I mentioned that depression is among the top three workplace problems Um, but when you look at it from another perspective, the annual economic cost of depression was pretty like around the nineties was about $600 per depressed worker. So of course, accounting for inflation, that's a lot. Um, nearly one third of these costs are for treatment and 72% are costs related to absenteeism and lost productivity at work. Because as we're going to kind of talk about um, some of the symptoms of depression, especially relating to the workplace, are going to be that absenteeism 
and lost productivity, which can be huge. I mean, not only from a mental health standpoint, but for the workplace too. So this kind of is illustrating the importance of employers to really take it upon themselves to help out their employees. So one of the problems, and this is going to be kind of a recurring thing that comes up, is that the stigma of mental health treatment can actually cause employees to not seek out help or to use the resources available to them at work. And on top of that, many employees are unaware that they actually have depression, or if they are aware of it, they fear that their insurance will not cover the costs or um, just pretty much any of the financial implications that can come with that. So really quick, before I go into the rest of this episode, I just want to illustrate the difference between depression and sadness or being in a depressed mood. So both of those things can definitely suck. (laughs) There's no getting around that, but there is a huge difference. So sometimes it can be a little bit hard to tell, especially if you're in that kind of sad mood or depressed mood. It can definitely be really hard to tell. But basically there's going to be some key differences to look out for. So, uh, the main one is going to be depression is more persistent and can also be accompanied by persistent physical symptoms. So a lot of it is going to be based on the intensity and the length at which you're feeling the symptoms. So there can be some similarities. So for example, when you're just like really sad, you can be also tired or just not feeling great. And that can kind of be a symptom for if you have depression too. However, for depression, it's going to be more along the lines of you're going to have a lack of interest in activities that you enjoyed before. So that's kind of the key thing that actually made me personally reach out is I am super passionate about music and teaching yoga and just a bunch of things. And especially for us multi-passionate creatives, we tend to have at least a couple things that we are passionate about. And when you start to see a difference in how much you want to do those things, it can, of course, mean that, you know, you're just getting passionate about other things or, um, you know, you're just prioritizing different things. But that can definitely be kind of a red flag for depression is if you're having trouble, like if you know that you want to do those things, but you're like having trouble starting them or you're just not like you're losing interest in them out of nowhere. Um, that can be a huge red flag. Um, another one is going to be more physical. So changes in appetite or sleep patterns, which of course can also lead to fatigue or irritability. So another really, really big one is, um, and this is where the trigger warning comes in, 
But another big one is thoughts of death or suicide. So again, text that number 741741 or call 988 if you're having these. Um, but that is a big red flag for depression, especially severe depression, because there's kind of different levels of it. Um, but that one will usually come with more severe cases of it. And that's when you really want to reach out for help. Um, another common one is feeling guilty or hopeless or worthless. Those are all signs of depression. And again, this is just um, from my research and also, of course, personal experience. But um, I made sure to research these just to make sure that the accuracy is there. Um, and these are all from, uh, I believe, Mental Health America. Um, MHANational.org is the website if you want to look that up. Um, so if you feel like you might be struggling with a mental health condition, um, such as depression, definitely take a screening, um, and, or reach out to support lines. So some of those support lines can include friends and family, of course, but that can definitely be triggering for some people. So I suggest, um, reaching out to a therapist, um, I know that financial um, struggles might be a part of this. So, of course, I know not everyone is going to be able to just instantly look up a therapist and be like, okay, book me a $200 appointment. But reaching out to um, your local offices, a lot of times they'll have financial assistance available. Um you can also go online. There's a lot of um, online therapy programs now, and a lot of those have discounts um, that you can kind of pay on like a sliding scale. Um, so that's really important to look into. The important thing to know is that there's always a support system. You just have to look for it. And it can definitely be hard to find one, um, especially if you're more limited financially which I totally understand. Um, but it's really important because your mental health is everything. Like your mental health, honestly, should, in my opinion, anyway, come before physical health, because without mental health, you're not going to want to take care of yourself. And it works both ways, you know, like, uh, for times when we might just be feeling sad, or we're not like, you know, severely depressed, we can do things to take care of our physical health that will in turn take care of our mental health. So whether that's going for a walk, taking a shower, staying hydrated, making sure to drink water, that's huge, um, or just getting outside, getting some fresh air, those are all things that are free that we can do to support ourselves that are going to help us um, mentally as well. So like I was saying, it's super important to normalize discussing mental health, even in the workplace, which I totally understand that there's some workplaces that it might be extremely uncomfortable to talk about this. But in those cases, you really want to just find one person that you trust at work. And if you can talk to your supervisor or somebody higher up about it, that's great. But honestly, just finding one person that you like and you trust at work to talk to, that's going to make a huge difference. So 
really quick, some signs of depression at work could be missing work. So like we talked about, that's uh, an economic issue for the business too. So this is why employers should really be paying attention to this and giving assistance when it's needed. Um, another one is trouble concentrating, which can also lead to um, missing deadlines and goals. So if you have a job that's like deadline oriented, um, that is also another sign. Um, another one is going to be fatigue or lack of energy. And a lot of these are going to be signs and symptoms of depression just anywhere, not just at work, but these are like the work specific ones. Um, so fatigue or lack of energy, procrastination, lack of motivation, and poor communication. And unfortunately, a lot of these signs um, tend to come across to others in a way that they might not think it's depression. They might think it's a work ethic thing, which talking to the employers out there, it is not always a work ethic thing. <laughs> so this is when communication is really, really key. And this is why we want to normalize talking about this so that when these things do happen, there's not that just immediate assumption there of it being something negative or like relating to how good of a worker um, the employee is. Because more often than not, that's not what it is. So the there's a couple things that we can do to deal with depression in the workplace. And a lot of these are not just things that the employee can do, but things that the employer can do or start to recognize or build up a support system for. So the very first thing that we have to do is acknowledge it. And again, a lot of these are not just for the workplace, but they're just more workplace specific. So first off, we want to acknowledge how we're feeling. So when you do acknowledge it, think about what might be driving this feeling. So if you think it might be a major depressive disorder, or even if you're not sure, definitely reach out to a therapist or another reliable source for diagnosis. I'll put some links also in the show notes. Um, so again, online therapy is a good option. You can check a local office for um, financial assistance, but just always remember that your mental health is worth the investment. So when we're acknowledging this feeling of depression um, or just noticing if something's a little off because we don't have to wait until we're, you know, severely depressed to acknowledge that something's a little bit off. So ask yourself what might be driving this uh, feeling or if there's something that it seems like started the whole thing or if there's something that you notice that even repeatedly starts to trigger some thoughts that maybe end up kind of spiraling a little bit. 
Um, I know with me, like brain spiraling is such a huge thing. It's so annoying, but um, it takes practice and it takes work to kind of have a little bit more control over that. Um, and that's where things like therapy can come in or just meditation even where you're just noticing your thoughts, even just starting there is massive. Um, so we really want to be able to pay attention to how we're feeling. Um, the next thing is you can check with your employer to see what services they offer. So a lot of employers offer a, an EAP or an employee assistance program that can at least help get you started. A lot of times this will include um, free therapy, free, or even if it's not talking to a therapist, it's like workshops or just things to help get you started, which can really, really help because there's a lot of really good tools in there that you can use. And it's especially good if you just can't afford therapy right now. Um, it definitely helps you start to at least notice how you're feeling a little bit more, which is huge. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and this wasn't in anything that I researched, but this is just something that I noticed personally. Um, sometimes our workplaces can actually cause a good chunk of our mental health issues. And I don't want to say that in a way where it's blaming work and just saying that, you know, no one should ever work because that's not realistic. But if you're in a workplace that is showing some signs of being a toxic workplace, which is definitely a thing, <laughs> consider if this might be a major cause. And if it is, if there's anything you can do to change your situation at work. So whether that means trying to come up with a solution with your team or with your supervisor for any issues that you're having at work, or whether that means just looking for another job, then that's what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. That's pretty much what it comes down to. And the biggest thing is communication. So whether that is communication with your team, communication with your boss, your supervisor, a manager, HR, the EAP um, team, it's going to come down to communication. And when it comes down to it, don't be afraid to look for another job. There are plenty of jobs out there. No matter what your industry, you can find something or you can do a career pivot or even if it just means getting something part-time while you figure the rest out it's pretty much up to you again this is a good time for therapy or if it's something job related it's a good time to reach out to a career coach um, again a lot of these resources can be found in those employee assistance programs. If you don't want to use those, there are also um, free resources online, whether that is, you know, trying out a career coach or whether it's a therapist or whether it is reaching out to people in your network. 
um, reaching out to people that you know have made a career pivot or had similar issues. Those are all super important available resources for you to use. So the next thing, kind of going back onto the things that I researched, <laughs> um, is to schedule breaks in your workday. So this is huge. A lot of employee, employers will have these kind of built into your workday. If they don't, don't be afraid to take a five to 10 minute break. A lot of us can tend to work ourselves into not so great, not so healthy situations. So make sure to schedule breaks in. Again, it can literally be a five minute break to just go to the bathroom and breathe. Kind of on this same page, don't skip lunch. So this was something that I used to be guilty of is, oh my gosh, if I skip lunch, then maybe I can leave, you know, like 30 minutes early, 15 minutes early. Um, I can just get the workday over with faster. Do not do this. So I've learned from my own experience that skipping lunch, first of all, it's not physically healthy. It's not good to skip meals. Second of all, it will end up just adding to your stress. So, I mean, if you are going to do this, which I don't recommend, <laughs> if you are going to do this, at least make sure that you have like some snacks, some water at your desk, and at the very least, snack on like almonds or something and drink water. So stay hydrated no matter what. But I do not recommend skipping lunch. It's going to mess with your blood sugar. It's going to just not be good overall. Um, and it will affect your mood. So um, the next thing is to try to plan your time off. I know that a lot of times this isn't really convenient, but it is going to help a lot and it's going to help out your employer too, which I'm sure they appreciate. So especially if it's at a job that you see yourself staying at for a while, definitely try to plan your time off. Try to spread out your time away um, and don't be afraid to use vacation time. So a lot of us will hold off using vacation time because we want to, you know, bank it up or whatever, but use the vacation time. <laughs> don't be afraid to use it. Um, it's there for a reason. And the same goes for sick leave. If your employer offers sick leave and you are not able to do your job, then use the sick leave because Again, mental health is health. And of course, don't go over what you're allowed to use, but really think strategically about this and try to spread it out over a long period of time instead of using it all at once. And again, that's going to come back to physically taking care of yourself and prioritizing your mental health. So when you are off, make sure that you're doing things that are supporting your health. So um, for a lot of us, we have day jobs and then we come home and then we work on our passion projects. So take that into account too, because we are only gifted with so much energy in a day. And when we go over that, we tend to either get sick or like me, I tend to have mental breakdowns when I overschedule myself, which is not fun. And 
those can end up leading to being sick again. So really prioritize self-care, whether you're at work or not. So whether that means, you know, taking those five minute breaks to focus on your breathing at work or eating lunch outside to get some fresh air or talking with a coworker that you like, um, just something small like that at work is going to help a ton. And then when you're not at work, try not to go crazy and work on your projects to the point of not eating or not getting enough sleep because those two things are super key in being able to work a day job and work on your passions at the same time. So really, really prioritize that. And I know it might feel like, oh my gosh, if I don't do hours of work per day on my passion projects, like they're never going to get done. They're never going to, you know, whatever your goals are with your passion projects, whether it's you want to start another source of income or you want to start your own business or anything like that. Don't feel like you have to work 20 hours a day (laughs) between your day job and your passion projects. If your passion projects do start taking up more time and you're able to pay your bills, see if you can take on a little bit less at your day job. Or, um, for example, one of the things that I did was switch to part-time. Sometimes that means getting a different job. Sometimes your employer will work with you on that. Um, It just really depends on where you're at. Um, So really the key takeaways from this are, of course, make sure that you can pay your bills. But regardless of that, you would be surprised how little we actually need (laughs) to be able to just pay for our daily lives. I know that right now, especially it's getting super tough to keep up with inflation. And especially if you're at a job that is not giving you raises or um, doesn't have the ability to kind of give you raises or better benefits or anything like that. I know it can be super hard, but there are ways that you can work around this. And especially now, I mean, it's, you can go through and make a budget, which we're going to talk about kind of more financial stuff for um, multi-passionates in another episode, because that is something that I am passionate about and that I want to um, help you guys out with, because I know it's something that a lot of us struggle with. Even if we're not multi-passionate creatives, we definitely can struggle with that. And getting our finances in order is only going to help that. But anyway, that's a story for another time. So Basically, you just want to make sure that your needs are being met first, right? And that includes your mental health needs, your physical health needs, just overall needs. (laughs) So you really want to make sure that all of those are being met. And another key here is communication. Communicate with your employer. Communicate with the employee assistance program if your um, work offers one communicate with coworkers, communicate with friends and family, a therapist, just any type of support network that you have. Um, there are also like Facebook groups, there's groups on LinkedIn, you can join any of those. Um, and basically just start creating a support system. And again, 
prioritize self-care. So whether that is taking a five minute break at work, whether it is going for a run or a walk before work, um, whether it is talking to someone, whether at work or off, um, you know, scheduling breaks, uh, prioritizing your time off and really just making sure it sounds so simple, but I know it can be really difficult to prioritize sleep and make sure that you're not skipping meals. All of those things that I know we constantly hear, but it can be very difficult to take care of that, especially if you are struggling with something like depression. But then it's more important than ever to just take that one step towards taking care of your mental health. So just take one step. That's all I'm going to ask. So whether that's just making sure that you get up in the morning and shower and get dressed, that's a huge step right there. Just something to get the momentum going, to make you feel better, to really just take care of yourself. So speaking of taking care of yourself, let's all take a deep breath. And we'll work on finding our rhythm and starting to create the life that we want and the world we want to live in. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can find me at creatingwithimpact.com or on Instagram at creatingwithimpactpod. You can also check out Creating With Impact on Patreon at patreon.com slash creatingwithimpact, where you can become a subscriber and get all sorts of extra content, including multi-passionate mini-biographies for extra inspiration, personal shout-outs, live workshops, and PDF music and yoga downloads, just to name a few. If you have any stories or successes you'd like to share, or if you'd like to just get in on the conversation, you can email creatingwithimpactpod at gmail.com.